What's up, Juventini? Welcome back to the channel. Obviously, we just dropped the uh, live watch along and now joined by Joe Cappuccino. We're going to tackle the uh, post-match podcast where we're going to actually get into everything. Performances, man of the match, player ratings. There's a lot to talk about uh, even for what was a 2-1 victory for Juventus, but it was stressful. Okay, and we did see a lot of changes, a lot of players, uh, interesting substitutions, and a lot to cover. Um, Joe, thanks for joining me, my friend. Always, all Al. Right. Always, always a good and time. And after this, we get right into just enjoying the holidays, all right? But uh, we got to talk Keenan Yildiz. We got to talk Vlaovic. We got to talk Illing Jr. We got to talk Hans Nicolucci Caviglia. There's a lot to tackle in this one, okay? We're going to kick things off with... Uh, the starting lineup, I mean, I know that uh, we realized that Chiesa wasn't going to be able to make this one, okay? And uh, obviously, uh, patellar tendon injury, that's something we're going to talk about a little bit later on because there's a storm the barn from our friend Alex who actually sent it in that's very, very interesting in regards to everything that's going on, all right? Um, and do want to take a second to say what's up as everybody starts to trickle in here. Jace KP, what a goal from Keaton, LA Juve, absolutely, absolutely. And hello, LA Juve, all right? Happy holidays to everybody. We're going to uh, get in here. Ciao, ciao, Bartula Juve fan. Now, starting lineup, we knew uh, we had Albanese come out and say Yildiz was going to start and be one of the first ones. I will say this, when it comes to general news, rumors, Mercado, whatnot, he's not very solid whatsoever. When it comes to lineups, he's pretty damn good, Albanese, when it comes to lineups. So we're I was pumped about it. I said, hey, let's get going with this. Just play him. Let's see what he can do. Um, we're going to talk about his performance and maybe something else. Yesterday, the theme of the preview show from me, my only criticism I said remaining for Max Allegri is just maybe not trying enough or as much with the personnel we currently have to try and get that balance and just, you know, even things out and make us a little more dangerous across the lineup from one side to the other and just bring that extra bit of support for our attackers because even though we can say you know we have to have these guys firing and everything we we gotta be able to see there's more we can do there you think that's a fair criticism i have of max there and probably the only one do you have any more criticisms of max beyond that joe um no, I think your I think your criticisms are completely fair. Uh, maybe this is a little bit less less on Max, but I think that this game showcased just how slow our passing game can be, and just how off pace it is compared to some of the other teams in Serie A. And maybe that's uh, I don't know if it's just a midfield issue. I don't know if it's a whole team issue. I don't know if it's a max issue, but it, that was something that was really highlighted to me with this game. Like you could yeah. see the clear difference between Frosinone and their passing game, you know, them making runs, et cetera, et cetera, versus us. Yeah. We still came out with the three points, but I think that we really need to, to work on that part of our game. 
Yeah. Swati, no update yet, but we are. I am keeping tabs on everything that's coming in the aftermath for news, for updates, and we'll try and update this live as we go through this, all right? We do have to get the housekeeping out of the way. Anyone that's tuning into this on audio, let's get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Again, a lot of love goes out to uh, our friends at all the Juventus official fan clubs of North America. We are the official voice and channel for them. And beyond North America, Please show some love and join your local official fan clubs, all right? Now, for ways to support, we thank you, everybody, for the incredible support we've received this year, all right? There's obviously the merch store. There is a super chat that's enabled. And then, of course, you can become members. And we saw two members-only chats where you could come on and run the show. And I'll take gladly take the host hat off and just chat Juve with you, all right? And those are great. So uh, take advantage, all of you that are currently members, reach out, let's plug you into uh, the AJC chat, and maybe you wanna run a show sometime called Off the Record with Berto, where everything is fair game. Now, I think that's uh, fair when talking about our passing, Joe, and uh, how Frozenone operates and whatnot, and really for us, that for me does also tie into just execution and the passes, the decisions the players are making. I think we we were playing in this one with a good pace, a good tempo at the start. It's like we got that goal though and then slowed right down. I've been saying this for quite some time. I I think when we try to slow things down, we cannot do so effectively we become very, very poor in ball retention. And when when we do not keep that tempo and that quicker tempo, quicker pace, we look dreadful. We look very, very dreadful. Um, we'll talk about this one because uh, the youngster, and I guess we'll go our starting lineup. We talked about Yildiz ends up getting that start, which was awesome to see next to Milik. At the back, you had Chesney, Danilo, Bremer, Sandro we all know I would not have started Sandro I just think Rugani is been doing a great job he deserves it I play him in here mm -hmm. um, we will talk about Sandro as that was something that came to uh, a halt in this game you got Cambiaso, McKenny, Locatelli, Rabio, Kostic across the middle Yildiz and Milik okay now we will get to uh the actual match itself. We didn't have to wait very long, man. And this goal was unbelievable from Keenan Yildiz. This was incredible. So, a little bit of pressure from Juventus. Durati goes to clear the ball for Frozenone. And uh, he gets it not quite right. Sandro's able to pounce on this thing. Because he was forced into clearing this thing from the pressure. Sandro finds Yildiz quickly. He's quickly closed down by three Frozenone players, one of them, Barnechea, he slices right through them. He doesn't think twice about drilling this shot. Short side as well. Absolute thunderbolt short side. Low hard. And there you go. Yildiz. Man, this goal was just sick. It was just a sick goal. Joe. Thoughts on this goal, no, man, and yield. I'll be, uh, I'll be watching that that over and over again. Uh, you know, it's just it's a, a lovely goal. Way to go, kid! You know, it's uh, it's amazing. One, two, three defenders on him. 
like you said, low and hard, boom, right there. And it's not easy. That was not an easy finish to pull off, but he made it look simple. So that just shows you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of untouchable, Matthew, that this kid needs to be regarded as 100% untouchable. He's been the one, you know, a lot of us have said out of these lists of players, Sule, et cetera, whatever, like you get the feeling that Yield is, is he's been labeled the, the phenom, you know, for a reason. None of these other guys kind of have that. But if you watched Primavera even or Next Gen, mm-hmm. like the one thing everybody said that was almost unanimous is he's too good to be playing there. He's way ahead of Next Gen. He was miles ahead of primavera when he first came and was there so you know there's something there it's all about transitioning that into um the top flight this was a sick sick goal okay happy for the kid absolutely absolutely um but yildiz man we talk about the confidence that confidence, that swagger in and around the area. We've been talking a little bit as of late about execution. Our guys almost look sometimes like they're carrying a grenade in and around the area, like they're panicking. <laughs> this was just beautiful to see. It's beautiful to see, man. We need more of it. Now, we'll continue on with this game and uh, go through it, and then we'll talk about a storyline that also still includes Keenan Yildiz. All right. Um, you carry forth. Cambiasso. Now, some in the chat were not happy about this challenge and him doing that, putting himself in that scenario, but he picks up a yellow card in the 20th minute. That isn't really a deal breaker for this game, but it takes him out of the Roma match, which I don't like. And we will talk about that as well, what we can need to do and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I would have liked our backline to kind of get more involved, to kind of cover a little bit. It was like there was a gap there. He just wanted to shut it down, and he ends up taking that. Refs have not been tolerant whatsoever with any challenges from behind, albeit on the ground, sliding challenges. We've seen that with McKenney a lot. Um, they just, they, it's almost zero tolerance. And he gets caught on this one, yellow card. We're going to have to figure out what we do for Roma with uh, no cambiaso. We will talk about that after we get through the rest of the talking points in this game. 27th minute. Alexandro injured, has to be removed from the game, and Gatti comes in. And again, we have a situation where everybody's asking, why not Rugani? Because Gatti, with another card, would have been missing the Roma match. Now, he comes through unscathed. He'll be available there. But were you questioning that decision because of that, Joe? Or would you have gone to Gatti as well? No, I mean, I would have gone to Rogani, to be totally honest, that the yellow cards stacking up do worry me. Uh, and God forbid he got another yellow that game, then we would have been down two very important players for us. So, yeah, I would have picked Rogani on that one. Yeah, I think at the end when I look at it, um, if he wasn't able to go, I would have had Rogani in that starting lineup today, to be honest. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, it probably would have been a, a non-issue. But uh, if Gatti had to be removed and then, you know, we had to go to Rugani, that's also not the end of the world. But we're going to talk about the backline because I 
kind of said, even though I know he's got the captain's armband, everything like that, I don't necessarily know if I would move away from Gatti, Bremer, and Rugani after the stretch that they went. And Danilo's performances, well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that again a little later after we get into this game, okay? But uh, the back line is definitely a topic that uh, some Juventini have some interesting thoughts there. 43rd minute, we get a yellow card for McKenney. We're 1-0 up. We go into halftime, okay? But we really slowed down after that goal. There were sequences here and there. I could think of several with Kostic, Yildiz, Sent him through, free and clear. His touch let him down. Kostic needed one good touch and to hammer that thing. These are the differences, and I've said this for a while here, while we're also looking at big chances missed, shots on average and everything like that. And for me, I said the execution for me is a big issue because in general, we fall apart in moments like this when it comes leading up to shooting opportunities or quality chances this is a prime example of poor execution and it fell at the feet of Kostic he had another one after a 1-2 all right sent in on an overlapping run from Rabio he got it all wrong he had a cross a cross goal that he could have made he did have the shot short side he made a mess of that he had two very important scenarios where execution absolutely crumbled Okay, um, Kostic was rough. Kostic was rough today. Uh, any thoughts on that man's uh, performance today in that uh, first half there? And just first half in general, Joe, your feelings? I mean, comment first on Kostic. That was, uh, it, was it, it was hard. It was hard to watch at some points. I agree with uh, a lot of what the uh, Twitter timeline was saying about him. You know, uh, they were like, God damn it. You know, like hot and cold, mostly cold um, for that first half for, for Kostic. Overall, first half, I mean, we, we were in the lead. It was, it was fine, uh, a little shaky at times. But again, uh, kind of like what you said at the beginning of the show, um, just high tempo in the beginning, high tempo in the beginning. But then you could kind of see they were taking their foot off the gas a little bit. And that's when we started to get complacent and uh, mistakes were happening. It was like, um, it's like, I don't want to call it like a switch. It wasn't that instantaneous, but you could, you could tell that there was yeah. a noticeable drop in concentration, in accurate passes, the whole the whole nine yards. Even the defense looked like they were kind of falling asleep a little bit. But overall, first half wise, it was fine. It was fine. But yeah, on a, on a I, ten, it was like six and a half. I seven. wanted them to come out second half though, and let's get the job done. Let's get the job done, yeah. and maybe we could see some of these other players that be, we've been looking for for a while to get more minutes and everything. And then you get into uh, the second half, and my God, they make a substitution. And, uh, man, they made the substitution in the 30th minute. It was Baez who came on for Lirola. And Baez scores in the 51st minute, and this literally comes from nothing. 
okay, comes from mm-hmm. nothing. And one of the good things that Kostic has been doing for us, um, even if we want more offensively and everything, is um, his uh, his defensive work. But here you have uh, Monterisi with the ball at the back, and he just has all the time in the world. And Bayez makes this run. Kostic doesn't follow. Danilo can't clean it up. This ball is actually a good ball. I will say this from Monterisi, a beautiful ball through. And Tech comes out, Chesney comes way out, and he's easily beat by Bayez. And here we are, 1-1. And we've, so we we slowed right down at the end of the first half, towards the end of the first half. And then we just come out flat again to start the second half. And it's brutal. It's brutal to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, come on, you guys. Pick it up. Get that energy up and, and go. We just took way too much off the throttle. And that's the one thing. It's okay to to kind of manage things and whatnot. But one goal is nothing. One goal is nothing to take your foot off the throat. As far as I'm concerned, this team just needs to get in the habit of treating one nil as nil nil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's what they need to do. It just one nil is nothing. They are far too comfortable. And that's really been something I've said the entire time, even while uh, I'm happy with the results and the positives, just, we're way too comfortable with one goal leads. Way too comfortable. But they equalize. Things get really wild from a personnel standpoint right after this goes 1-1. Like, it was just boom, boom, boom. 54th minute, you get Nicolusi Caviglia coming in for Locatelli. Uh, we are going to monitor to see if we can find out some details here. Okay, so Caviglia comes in. Illing Jr. comes in for Kostic, and great. These are two changes. I mean, I would have liked Locatelli still staying out, but I've been saying I think we have some options we can work with. Again, we'll get to that after we cover this game, but Kavilia, I have no problems with. Illing Jr. for Kostic, at this point, defense is not really a concern. We have to score goals. We have Mm -hmm. to get goals. I like that reaction. I like that reaction. I'll give credit to Max Allegri. I like that. Um, 55th minute. Vlaovic in for Yildiz. Now, how did everybody feel about this substitute when it happened? Vlaovic for Yildiz. At that moment in time, Joe, what were your thoughts on that substitution? I was like, we're subbing the wrong guy. Um, Leave him on. This is the kind of game where you got to give him all the time in the world, you know, this is, uh, we should have been, we should have subbed Milik. I, that's just, that's, that was my first thought. I was like, we're subbing the wrong guy. This is the kind of game where Yildiz should be able to get the minutes. And yeah, sure. 55 is better than none, but like more time, more time. He could, I think that he could have done more, but that's just my, that's my opinion. I liked what Milik was doing overall from a hold-up standpoint. Like, ah, I I didn't want Yildiz to leave. And I was thinking more of how can we keep Yildiz out there and bring Dushan up and still have them both out there. But Milik was doing good. I probably wouldn't have sacrificed Yildiz with just how dangerous he looked in several sequences. The vision that he was having, the distribution he was having, the couple couple key passes. 
I probably wouldn't have done that. But uh, nonetheless, Yildiz uh, gets substituted out. Dusan Vlaovic comes in, and that's a, a gutsy call based on the kid scoring uh, 12 minutes in and what he was bringing to play mm-hmm. and everything. And again, you see the reaction. So that's a it's an interesting decision uh, for sure. 69th minute, we get Weya coming in for Cambiaso. And this is one of the reasons why I thought we could probably maneuver. Cambiaso was taking quite a few fouls even after his yellow card. It was getting to the point where it was like, okay, we might have to take a look here. If you swapped McKenney outside to the right wing back and Yildiz stayed on and played as an advanced third midfielder, you could still have Yildiz, uh, Vlaovic excuse me, and Milik up top. Mm. And that's kind of what I was getting at with my thinking um, to keep Yield is in there. I thought he should have stayed in there. Now, all in all, they make uh, several changes at the 69th as well, which it did. Uh, Harui coming in. Harui having a very, very close opportunity on a shot uh, that forced Tech to uh, make a, a stop. Probably would have hit the bar and come back out, but Tech was there. Um, Sule ends up having one opportunity um, that uh, he probably wants to do better on on a shot. You have, uh, I believe it was Garitano cutting in on his right foot and slicing one that uh, didn't miss the back post by much. All in all, Vlaovic, 81st minute, and he gets the head on this one. A perfectly, perfectly headed ball, curling away, upper 90, Durati, no chance, 2-1. Hit me with that Dusan Vlaovic. We're going to talk about Dusan Vlaovic. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful goal. Reaction, celebration, everything was fantastic. He adds another one that gets called offside. All right. Takes away my prediction. All right. And (laughs) gives it back to Lex. And Lex hit the goal scores. Her prediction was on point. Dead on. Well done. Well done, Lex. Dusan Vlaovic bags this one. Ultimately, we hang on as it's the 81st minute. Uh, I wasn't concerned with not seeing that one through at that point. Those are the kind of moments and matches where I will accept the Catenaccio and see things through. We get out of it with the 2-1 victory. All right? Um, there's nothing to be said about that goal. You know, Swati, sensational header from du- it. It is. He's mm-hmm. got a defender ahead of him, behind him. He gets up above all and perfectly placed. Beautiful, beautiful goal. Beautiful header. And you know what? He needed it. He needed it badly. Mm-hmm. And we need him to get rolling. All right? Now, first, before we get into player ratings, everything like that, I want to know everyone's man of the match. Joe, I want to know your man of the match in this one who you would give it to. Would it be Dushan for the winner? Did somebody else that played in there? Who would you go man. with for your man of the match? That's that's hard. That's hard. Of course I wanna I wanna like I wanna give it to Yildiz just because, you know, he he did phenomenal for the amount of time that he had. I think McKenney did have a good showing. Uh he yeah. was back and forth he was where we needed him he got an assist i think that that needs to really be highlighted so 
I'd give it to McKenny. Yeah, you know, there's a ton of shouts. Some say it's not even close. Uh, McKenny cooked. McKenny got the assist on the winner to uh, Vlaovic mm-hmm. there. Do have a shout for uh, Yildiz. I think he left too early, and McKenny keeps being just too important for us. Um, I'm going to give it to uh, Weston as well. Um, yeah, uh, just another solid, solid showing from Weston. We are going to go through player ratings. We are. I'm just going to give you what SofaScore kind of hit everybody with, and then we'll kind of see. So Chesney finishes with a 6.8. I have no problems with that. You know, six and a half is probably good. Six and a half to seven, that range. Danilo with a 6.9 push in seven. I didn't actually think his performance was that good, to be honest. And I probably put him somewhere around in six and a half, to be honest. Yeah, too high. Bremer with a 6.9. I would say Bremer could be pushing a seven. He was aggressive and he was given Kyle George fits. And uh, he really made life difficult for anyone he got close to uh, off Rosinone. I'm fine with him being around a seven in this one. Mm. Joe? Fair. Fair. Yeah. Sandro had a 6.9 before coming off. I didn't have him that high. Probably just like a standard six or six and a half. Gatti that came in. Where would you rate Gatti as he finished with a 6.9? I think I had him around six and a half. I don't think there was anything crazy to be pushing, you know, seven, anywhere around there. Cambiasso with a seven in this game. I liked a lot of what he did, but he was making it kind of nerve-wracking with the fouls and stuff. I'd probably go six and a half for uh, Cambiasso. I think seven's fair. Yeah, he was getting a little scrappy, but I think that he contented. He can tend yeah. to be like that sometimes. So, yeah. Weston on a 7.3. I definitely have him at a 7 amongst the highest. I can understand if people want to push him to a 7.5. Strong mm-hmm. performance. Like we said, probably our man of the match. Loka Delhi with a 6.7. I had Loka probably around a 6. I don't think I even went up half a point on Loka Delhi today, to be honest. Yeah, six. I would say six between six and six and that six and a half. You know, take your pick. What point you want to give him? But well, I'll say yeah. this: if Locatelli got a six point seven from SofaScore, his replacement Hans Nikolusi Cavilia saw a six point eight rating from SofaScore. For me, if I'm giving Loka a six, Cavilia gets a six and a half because he was he was better in this game than what mm-hmm. Loka was doing. So I think he should have a higher score by 0.1. I I think it was actually significantly more. So that's why I'm going to give Loka six and Cavilia six and a half. Joe, I can get that. Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that. Sure. Yeah. Rabio finishes with a seven. That's probably fair, but I'd probably do it around six and a half overall. Yeah. On Rabio. Kostic had a seven and a half from sofa score. There's no chance I have him on a seven in this game. Not for defensive, not for offensive. I got him at a probably a six and a half, and that's being generous, I think. He probably should remain level at a six, but he was active getting involved in the final third. It just was a mess what he was doing with it. 
So maybe you can go six and a half, but man, there's no way he's at a seven and a half in this. So right. sofa score, I, I don't even know anymore uh, what these guys are doing or if they're putting their ratings out and wherever they are, it's 420 uh, as far as the time goes. <laughs> I don't know. Yield is 7.4. I think is a good mm. showing, but I don't think it's that high. But I could that see him. Good? A, I could see him between six and a half to seven, and I think is fair um, in oh, between yeah. those ratings. Milik with a seven, I'd probably go six and a half on Milik there. Dusan Vlaovic, seven finishes with a seven. I mean, if we're gonna look at Dusan Vlaovic coming in for thirty-five minutes, okay, got two shots, one of them on target. He touched the ball 15 times and uh, gets the winner. That's what we need. We need this guy to be a killer. 35 minutes, 15 touches, two shots, uh, one on target, one a goal. That's ex- like that's efficiency. You're coming out at a seven. Okay, I think seven's fine, but uh, Give it. probably a little higher with such limited work um, and the efficiency. But ultimately, we can all agree McKenney. McKenney seems to be the common MVP. one for yeah. that uh, man of the match. Now, in terms of uh, this game in general, again, a lot of a lot of follow-up that we can talk about, especially with Roma that we're going to have on deck. But I do want to talk about Dusan Vlaovic um, in general. We, we know it is a problem what has been happening. The lack of goal scoring, okay? the visible frustration from the player, um, the fact that uh, there was no signs of him getting going, taking that next step and us doing anything. And this was my criticism of Max, how I want to tie him into it is changing something to help our forwards, not just him, Chiesa as well. Um, This goal being clinical, everything like that. That's what we need. We just need him to fight through, do his job and start banging in the goals no matter what it all ends up being noise when you're at that much money that you're making that you cost us that's why i said regardless of the why the who whatever it's a problem we need this guy rolling max said something when asked about dushan vlaovic okay and i tackled this one yesterday and i didn't like it and some said well berto what do you expect max to say about Dusan Vlaovic. And what I'm referring to is when he said that with Vlaovic, we must remember that he is 23 years old. In the last few games, he's done well technically, but he has missed the goal. I am very happy with him. It's not a coincidence that players like Rabio didn't find balance until 27. It will happen with Dusan and Keane. So I didn't like that. And some fans kind of came at me for the short and whatnot. We're just saying, well, what do you expect him to say? Well, it's quite simple. Number one, you can't purchase a player for 80 million euros and say we have to wait six years. You can't expect fans to stomach that statement whatever it's it's no we're not comparing the young guys that have come through academies or that have been small transfer fees to pick up that have high expectations when you're purchased for 80 million euros 
the expectations are here. Bottom line, period. Agreed? I mean, yeah, I certainly see your perspective on that, Al. Like, imagine if Ronaldo was doing this, you know, imagine if Ronaldo was having the kind of season that Vlaovic is having right now, he would be getting crucified. You know, anybody like a big money move like that. Any big money player, okay, obviously we're not comparing Ronaldo to no, Vlaovic. No. We're not making that no, comparison, no, but no. the big money, the expectations the are different than that of a youngster. I can respect... Right. Max protecting his player. What I don't like about it, okay, and what I would expect is to not rid yourself of any responsibility in it, okay? And that's what I didn't like about it. So people say, well, he's got to be politically correct in front of the cameras. Okay, how is this statement not politically correct? Okay, or you're not throwing a player under the bus by saying, Yes, and acknowledging the issue, we need to get him firing. He's an important piece to our team. We have to get him firing. Saying we, we, accepting some of the responsibility. You don't have to come out and feed us something that we all know is not true, which is that we can wait around six years for, no, we possibly, potentially might not be able to wait another year based on the salary jump. So just acknowledge it for what it is. But I want Max to kind of take a little bit more into this and say, you know what? Yeah, we need to get him firing. He's important to us. He's a key piece. And we are actively working on solutions to try and support him and our other forwards better because it's not just him. It isn't just Vlaovic. So while even myself have been hard on him and whatnot, Chiesa owns a lot of big misses to his name. Moise Keane has opportunities he should have buried. Milik has opportunities he should have done better. So I wanted Max to separate, not just Dushan, but accept responsibility also from his standpoint and the team because we are not firing in general offensively. And that's why I didn't like it. Obviously, you, you can do that without throwing your players under the bus. But I need Max to start accepting some of this and start figuring out some different things we can do, like what I said yesterday in terms of the lineup, okay? And different things we can try, utilizing a Keenan Yildiz. After this performance today, can Yildiz play as an advanced midfielder? Live chat, mm -hmm. do you think Yildiz could play as that one ahead of two midfield pivots just behind two forwards. Joe, do you think he could do that? Honestly, that's what I kind of wanted to see us start off with. Like, I wanted us to see Dusan Milik with Yildiz kind of, you know, right in the pocket. That's what I wanted, and that's what I was kind of expecting when I heard that Yildiz was going to be starting. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I would like Allegri to kind of play with that idea but I think that we're kind of encountering a bit of a old dog new tricks kind of situation here you know it's uh we'll see how much he can actually tinker with but we might be asking a little bit too much of of Max in that regard because we all know that he likes to stick to his old game plan and um going back to like his press conference that's that's just typical of Allegri 
behavior. You know, he's he's sticking to a script that he has. He's never really been one to completely bash a player in in a press conference, especially before a game. Um, so yeah, I think that it was just, it's typical Allegri. You know, you're not going to get a whole ton out of him, but that's uh, that's my two cents there. Yeah, and we have Mark saying um, Max. We know Max. He, I doubt he makes that change. We are not going to a two man. Well, I wouldn't rule it out completely, okay? Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. also saw changes last season. We saw him go to that, tried to utilize a guy that's name, mainly a winger, has played some attacking mid in Di Maria. But, you know, I wouldn't rule it out completely. And if it doesn't happen, as I said yesterday, it is one of my... Really only criticisms left of Max is trying to find that tweak because I believe we're really close. I believe we're really close to taking that next step and really progressing our game. The numbers show that as well. If you're creating, if you're one shot a game on average behind Inter, if you're the most big chances missed in the league, if you're creating big chances at the rate of Inter, which is the bar this season based on their play and everything. It's all right there. We're not far off. But you have to take the numbers with what you see on the pitch and you have to put it all together. And while those numbers are there, even I can say there is more to our game that we could be bringing. I saw signs of it with Yildiz today. I'd like to see us... Go to that. He has the vision. He has great technical ability. I think you have to find a way to get him out there while still having those key guys out there to get the support from it. It can't be one or the other. You have to maybe tip the scale a little bit more one way in the direction of offensive and Try to risk a little bit of something without getting crazy. For me, mm-hmm. a 3 4 one, two isn't going crazy. It's not like a 4-2-3-1, a 4-3-3, like we're going wild or we're going rogue. Right. It's a very, very small change. And Yildiz was also doing defensive work out of his role today as second striker. And that would be enough defensive work out of that advanced midfielder role as well. I think it's something we should look at. Now, what are the alternatives? What else could we try if we're talking about Max or whatever? What are some other possibilities that he could try? This is where it gets interesting because Hans Nicolucci Cavillia's performance today, I said it before, he already faced the toughest test he'll get this season by having to step into that match against the Inter. Should we be going to him a little more in the midfield and maybe slot Locatelli over to try and help a little more influence out of the middle? Should we be trying that a little more? Yeah, I mean, that's certainly an idea. I know that from just from talking to you about it, Al, um, it makes sense. I know that 
when we're talking about a double pivot sort of sort of partnership, I'm just wondering how that would uh, how that would play out like in a game. But I mean, it, I, theoretically, it could work. But that is probably, like you said, that's probably something that Allegri should be looking at, like just a little bit of experimentation here and there. Kind of like having the you know three four one two formation. It's not something that's totally out of the question. So like, just tweak things a little bit, experiment a little bit. We, it's not take a little bit of a risk. We're, we're talking about one of the most pragmatic coaches in the game, who doesn't really like to take risks. So, just take a little bit of a risk. Just take a little bit of one. And here's where it gets interesting. McKenney with what he's doing this season, cannot be denied. He mm-hmm. can't be denied. He has to be in the lineup. So if he's not in the midfield, he gets over to the w- right wing back position because he has to be out there. I he think he's done there, yeah. better from the right wing back role. And when he gets out wide this season, then out of the actual midfield position. That's me personally. And even today, early on, he was stretching Frozenoni. He was getting out to that uh, flank out of the midfield position. Okay, mm-hmm. and then getting out there. But again, that was allowed to him based on what Cambiasso was doing, which was protecting him and coming in centrally. Cambiasso is doing well on the right side too, but you have to find a solution in the middle to get more. I still don't see it as balanced and effective to have both McKenney and Rabio in the midfield. So while we get a question, why do you keep pushing Locatelli so much? It's because you can't have McKenny and Rabio share a midfield, in my honest opinion. If we're looking yeah, to... Yeah, there's no balance there. It, like, you have to have a little bit of some type of influence offensively from it. And if we're looking at Locatelli to do it, he's not going to do it from the Regista role. And even Cavilia, when he came in there, he did a lot better today. But he was spraying the ball out wide and everything. And Locatelli was trying to do it in the first half as well, but it, uh, it just wasn't for him. It was a rough day at the office for uh, Locatelli, but McKenny makes himself a must start. And that's where it gets interesting. Cambiasso on the left side was a mixed bag throughout his minutes this season. Started off guns blazing and then faded um, at the right side. It's kind of been his best. But Kostic, Kostic should be looked at possibly sitting. And maybe Illing Jr., maybe you leave what's going on in the midfield the same, but you start playing Illing Jr. more. I thought Illing Jr. had a solid showing today. I thought he looked really, really good. What was everybody's thoughts on Illing Jr.? Maybe you had to rate Illing Jr. for this game. What would it be? Joe, how would you feel about Illing Jr. today? I mean, I wanted to see him uh, subbed in the second half. Um, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. I don't know. Um, I would give him like uh, 6.7. I thought that he did. I thought he did pretty good for the minutes that he was given. I couldn't be much. It couldn't be any worse than Costage, you know? Um, but I feel like we should like, like you keep saying now, you know, try something new, give, Billing some some time up there, you know. Let Kostic sit on the bench. Um, just little things that 
you can try. And little differences between the players, you know, maybe maybe Illing gives us something a little bit more that Kostic doesn't provide, and that pays off in games. We won't know. The thing that worries me about Illing is that, and that we've mentioned it on the show before, is that it seems likely that, you know, we ship him off. It, uh, it just... It's frustrating because we don't we don't get to see his abilities showcased that much this season at all. So it leaves a lot of you know what if sort of questions in the event that he actually does get sold. So that's yeah. uh, that's difficult. Yeah, but I still stand behind. We have a couple tweaks. We have options amongst the players we have to make some mm-hmm. tweaks that probably take us that next step. Um, and I'm standing by the fact that we're not, we're not far off. I see the comments in here uh, in the chat just saying, "No, uh, I don't want to hear about the numbers and whatever. We are far off. Look at Inter; it's a, a talent issue." Well, that's exactly it. It is a quality issue. It's execution. Quality executes. That's what quality does. That's what the difference is between high quality players and average players. Again, today, this game could have been 3-0. It could have been sealed in the first half. And the reason it wasn't was, yeah, a guy that's just not executing, that is at the feet of a costage. If that's at the feet of Di Marco, Lotaro, or Turam, are you going to feel more confident? Yeah, probably, based on mm-hmm. what they're doing this season. We aren't... We are not far off in terms of starting to like kill games off and get it. Again, people want to talk about patterns, game plans, all this. It's literally about gaining the final third. Did we have a problem in doing that today? No. It's what happens in the final third. It's that pass. It's crossing it too early. Obviously, Mark, Inter is clear. It's Mm -hmm. the quality, though. It's the talent. It's the talent. But you have to figure out something with who you have right now. If we're sitting around waiting for the January window and some savior to come in and walk in, that's weak. We need to look at the guys we have in, whether they're 18-year-old, 21-year-old. I don't care what age they are. We have to look within. Anything that might happen in the Mercado, hopefully, would be a bonus and a luxury. We still have to figure it out with what we have. Mm -hmm. Yes, we are far away in terms of talent with that roster. But are we far away from taking a big next step with this team? No, we really aren't. There's a few minor adjustments that I think can be made with the players we use and how we line them up that probably helps everybody. Helps Vlaovic, helps Chiesa, helps everyone. Mm-hmm. We have to look Agreed. at that. We can't be banking on a January savior. I don't think that's a right decision. And I also don't think we should just continue status quo with what we're doing, even though we're one point behind them. The results have been good. I still think we need to look for that next step. And I will say we should do that. We should do that. You know, 
Agreed, Joe? Thoughts? Agreed. Uh, obviously, the the biggest difference between us and Inter is their midfield. Their midfield Huge. just clicks. Huge. It's night and day difference. We have not figured out our midfield formula at all. And I mean, you even you could even see it today. We we talked about it earlier in the show. It's slow passing, missed passes. We were not on top of that game at all today especially in the second half it was a little bit rough uh so that is that is the biggest difference between us and inter in terms of quality their midfield is the best in the league like it, they that's what gets them going seriously uh but in terms of what I, al i think what you're saying is in when you look at the numbers we really aren't that far off the pace in terms of big chances, shots, et cetera, et cetera, with Inter. They just have a better conversion rate, and that just comes down to the little the little things. Like I said, the, the midfield being better and, you know, their strikers just being a little bit more in tune with the midfield. But, yeah, that's, that's it. The one thing that I, I do want to say about this game in terms of how I saw Dusan being used. And it was a, it had to do with the goal that got called off. That was a perfect example of how you're supposed to use Dusan, in my opinion. He's not the guy who has his back to goal. He's the guy who is running at goal. Yeah. That's, if you look at all of his Fiorentina goals, that is what he was doing. So we got to put him in those situations more. Milik is the guy who you can put in there and have his back to goal. He's the hold-up guy. Dusan is the run-at-goal and get-those-shots-in kind of striker. So let's put him in those situations more. And I think that moving yield is to that center-attacking mid-roll behind the strikers is the perfect way to do that. Yeah, the passes have to come. And it's got to be said that uh, Kavilia made a couple of those. And uh, it's, you need your midfield clicking. And more often than not, we take the safe route, the slow route. It's not, uh, it's not enough. We need way more influence from the midfield. We still are waiting to see if we can get some type of a report on... Um, Obviously, uh, Locatelli. We've got all eyes on Federico Chiesa. There's a wild storm in the barn that came in from our friend Alex. We are going to get to. Um, Yield is obviously celebrating like Alessandro Del Piero. Tongue out, arms out. That was a nice uh, blast uh, to the pass there with that uh, goal. Well, many goals from uh, Del Piero and whatnot. But yes, we are waiting for reports. I still don't see him, but uh, yeah, nothing as of yet. Just uh, post-match comments from Massimiliano Allegri. Allegri himself was losing it in certain moments of this game. And if anyone pays attention to the specific moments when he's losing it, it makes you wonder how much at certain times this team falls into certain traps or whatnot from their own doing and the players rather than coaching based on 
moments and scenarios where he is losing it. And some of them were offensive choices, decisions and whatnot, obviously not defensive related in the final third that he was absolutely livid about. Another one was late in the game when we spent too much time worrying about making a state for calls and whatnot. It was McKenney on the sideline. He's losing on McKenney. Get back, protect the game at that point. It was uh, after we were 2-1 up late in the game. And uh, he just constantly is losing on the sideline. But in certain circumstances, when he's doing that in the final third and whatnot, I really wonder, you know, just how much is on these guys. And I've been saying this, no matter where everybody stands on players and execution and coaching, whatever, it's the hardest thing to judge from the outside looking in is where that coaching influence ends and that player accountability begins. It's almost impossible to really figure that out one way or another. Okay. Right now, again, I only have that criticism of Max. And based off what was going on last season, that's way better because I had several criticisms of Max last season, more than several. Okay. So again, things are going in the right direction at least okay and you get keeping the ball out of the net though it all stems from that because while one coach like Mota is getting a ton of praise which I find hilarious not because he doesn't deserve it because he absolutely does but because he's his game is being called you know so many different things he's a defense first coach Period. Okay? Period. They're not blowing the roof off the place with goals. Their execution is fantastic. Their conversion, fantastic. Uh, Not the highest conversion rate, but for the amount of opportunities they generate, which is three shots less on average a game than Juventus, they they don't give up goals. Mota is a defense first coach. When you stop the goals from going in, you're always in the mix. And I understand you could say with lesser players, sure, sure. But that doesn't change the fact, Dells, our players are getting way more opportunities than Bologna to score goals. That team beat mm-hmm. Inter with seven shots, two on target, one big chance created. Juve's getting way more opportunities. I don't want to hear about whether they come from corner kicks, free kicks, dirty, ugly goals. Big chances are big chances. Okay? They beat Inter with two shots on target and one big chance created. They are extremely efficient. Our players need to dial up being clinical and executing much, much better. Bottom line. Bottom line. Quality of chance, 
That is what a big chance is. It's literally counting higher quality chances. The numbers are there, you guys. Mota's getting crazy praise. You know why? Because of expectations. The expectations at Juventus are always miles, miles high. If we had the same statistics as Bologna, obviously it would be considered dog shit. But he's getting praised. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Because of the quality of the players. Of course our expectations are going to be higher. Because we have guys like Vlaovic, Chiesa, etc. on the roster. But that is up to them to live up to that. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Any that, that is yeah. true. The, now, the quality of the players, the expectations of the team. That that's. I mean, not taking credit, you know, not taking anything away from Bologna. They are having a a surprisingly good season. It's just the expectations are certainly different for Bologna versus Juventus. Hundred percent. That's where everything changes, in my opinion. So I find it kind of funny and a little bit hypocritical to just drastically shit on one guy and massively praise another that does the same thing. I've been saying it for a while. Inzaghi? Inzaghi is so close and similar to Max Allegri. Like, so close and similar. The difference... Mark said it earlier, uh, the roster, the quality. One has a lot of quality at his disposal compared to the other. It's a difference. But we were talking about keeping the ball out of the net. You have to Mm. start there. Danilo's performance today, rocky, I'd say. And there's a lot I saw in the chat on the live watch along. There's a lot that I get messages about. Should we be going back to Rugani, Bremer, and Gatti as the main three center backs? Yes. <laughs> yes for me. Yes. You would change that back to the... that and roll with that. I would. I mean, Rugani's in form right now. Uh, I, I'm still struggling to understand why Max hasn't been putting him in lately. Um Gatti's been great too. Um, of course, you know the whole yellow card situation is always a little shaky, but no, there's no reason that it shouldn't be Gatti, Bremer, Rugani. In my opinion, I Danilo a... has regressed surprisingly. Uh, so, and I'm not like I, I'm not taking anything away from him, uh, but. It was it was it was a little touch and go for a minute with him today. Uh, it not not convincing enough. Not convincing enough. So I'm trying to see exactly when. So we had uh, Sandro Bremer Gatti against uh, Monza uh, allowed a goal. Napoli we had uh, Danilo in there. We did keep clean sheet. Genoa was, uh, again, not a clean sheet, and that was uh, Danilo in there. Today, we had Danilo in there. Again, no clean sheet. It seems to be a very, very uh, strong amount that say yes. 
Um, Skanga saying no. Danilo's second game back from injury. He was fine last game. Mark asks, can you bench your captain? I really don't think um, armband should have anything to do with it. Yeah. I really don't. And I, I've been saying for a while, like as far as one of the main things for captaincy, as far as I'm concerned, is that performance on the pitch. It's You have to, at like bare minimum, like you got to lead on the pitch and by example and through your performances. So it would be an unfortunate situation for him. But it was one of the things I said about Adrian Rabio, even wearing the armband and whatnot, is that I feel like sometimes he's ghosting. And that's not mm. really typical and shouldn't be typical of a captain. But is Danilo our best at the back? No. Mm, I don't think so. Uh, after no. what we saw with uh, Rugani Bremer guy. Like, Bremer is the Bremer's one. the mainstay. He's regardless. the mainstay. And I'm not saying give him the armband. But I wouldn't have any problems going away from it. Um going away from Danilo and I don't think the armband is a protection of him to stay in there if he's going to look shaky and I think not just today even the uh the previous match he's he's looking shaky he's looking shaky and when you consider the competition no disrespect to them I don't expect to see that that many struggles you know it it's something hmm. to think about, but Rugani, yeah, outside of that one mistake against Inter, it's rock solid. And great, yeah, really solid. Does anybody think maybe you keep Danilo in, but you bring Rugani back, and you sit Gatti? I don't know. Have any? I don't know anybody who actually thinks that maybe Skanga does, <laughs> but um, because Danilo no, has said. When Gatti's out there, Danilo has to play on the left side. And he himself has said, I do not prefer the left side. If I'm going to play as one of the three center backs, I like the right side. As a fullback, he prefers the right side mm. as well. Obviously, yeah. he's a right-footed player. He prefers the right side. Mm. Is there anybody that thinks, put sit Gatti a bit and put Danilo there and... Get Rugani back out on the left side? I personally don't. But I think Rugani did so well that he shouldn't be completely overlooked and sat down. And Gatti, yeah. I think, needs to keep growing. I go Gatti, sure. Bremer, Rugani, personally. Yeah, I, I, I'm for that. I'm for Gatti, Bremer, Rugani, personally. But before we move on, I think James LaPierre hit it on the head when, you know, we should be probably looking at tech taking the captain's armband. I don't see any reason not to, to be totally honest. He's consistent. Um, and he's on the, he's on the field and he shows it. So I think that those, those qualities are good. Why not? Yeah. Hmm. 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 Skanga's going to like that one. Gatti cannot start of Danilo. Rugani does deserve more minutes. I think Gatti could probably start ahead of Danilo, especially if we're going to get showings uh, like that today. I don't really have a problem. 
And I don't even really think it's that big a problem. It's actually good if we're talking like this. It would be a worse problem to say the guys on the bench have no chance of getting minutes and we don't want to see them in there. So this is a good thing. We got Roma on deck, everybody, okay? Cambiasso is going to be out for that match. How do you line us up against Roma? What do you want to see done with Cambiasso? Do you make um, a simple change and say, Wea, now you start, keep McKenney in the middle? No, I, I, I want... I want us to go with what we talked about earlier, Al, with the three four one two. I really want us to to try that. Maybe Roma's not maybe Roma's not exactly the game to try that in, but why why not? Really why not? Move McKenney over to the the right Wibbeck role, have that double pivot going with Loca or Kavilla and Rabio get Yildiz in the slot, you know. Gatti Bremerugani, why not? Why not? That's 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 ideally what I would like. So, but it's probably that's probably not what's going to happen. Let's be let's be real. So yeah, and Roma, yeah, Dybala's battling to try and get in there. From what I hear, um, we'll have to see. But uh, I think uh, Roma at the back is so so suspect. Even the the middle of the park, uh, up top, mm-hmm. if Dybala gets in there, we'll have to watch him. And you're going to know he's going to want to get one, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to want to cause uh, some problems there. Him and Lukaku, yeah, we'll have to be aware. Uh, Lukaku, I'm, like, not worried about. Like, we always just seem to pocket him. So, I'm, like, really not worried about Unless they get, like, a PK, he wants to take it. But then Dybala probably step up. Right. Um you know, Dybala's the one we probably have to watch. Guys like that, players like that usually give us uh, some issues at the back. But their midfield and their back line, like, we should be able to uh, put a few past those guys in terms sure. of uh, what I'd like to see done. With Cambiasso being out, I will say this. Um, I would probably be fine with... I still just want to keep in that theory for myself of finding a solution, finding better balance and support for the attack. I'm okay with Wea coming in and starting that game. I'm fine with sure. it. You can keep McKenney in the middle too. Um, if you really wanted to, I would also be fine if we played McKenney as a right wing back. I would be fine if Hans Nicolusi Cavilia played in the middle of the park to start that game. I would also be fine if we decided to use McKenny as right wing back to play two pivots and go with a Yildiz behind two forwards. We have to wait and see what happens with um, Chiesa, obviously. Um, the last I had heard, albeit through a weak source, said that he was left at home precautionary. It is nothing to be overly concerned about. Fingers crossed there. The left side... I would probably say that, you know what, Kostic should sit a game and probably not start that one. Yes, Al. I appreciate the defensive side of things and the work rate and all that. But again, when we go back to some of this team's main struggles and execution is one of them and being clinical, being ruthless, 
it's very, very infuriating and when a lot of that final play is underwhelming from him in the final third. So you have to, you next man up, and you have to look for solutions. So for me, Kostic doesn't start the next game. Tony Trim, he's with me, all right? Now I said we were going to fire up Storm the Barn. We are going to fire up Storm the Barn, and we got one, and we were talking about fitness, Chiesa Locatelli. I still don't see any updates out there as of yet uh, in terms of these players. But um, I'm just checking again. Kyle Georgie, nothing on Locatelli. No. Now, McKenney just getting a massive amount of praise and deserved, okay? So I said we had a storm the barn from our friend Alex. Now, he wasn't able to tune into this podcast, all right, but uh, he thanked me for the watch along and everything, said he enjoyed it, and great, thank you. Apologies I was late, everybody, but, uh, you know, it happens. Alex, if you, so he says, if you see this, please share. I won't be able to tune in. What do we do with the Chiesa situation? He's having fitness issues regularly. His knee is still bothering him. Mentally, uh, only it seems, has his fair share of missed big chances as well, which he does. For me, we sell him while we can. We have to take advantage that we have a literal ready-to-go replacement. Ever since I saw Yildiz with the next gen, I've said he's a carbon copy of Chiesa and would let us take advantage of the Chiesa price tag while it's on the up. Wow. Wow. So this is obviously what he's calling the Chiesa situation is the fact that it appears to be happening now. And if the latest report, which I just mentioned, said that it's nothing to be concerned about with him, okay? And yeah, this is a very, very hot take. Matt says no thanks right away. But the Chiesa situation would be referring to the fact that we keep hearing about problems and then there's nothing actually confirmed. So he's thinking there's some type of mental hurdle that Chiesa can't seem to jump at the slightest knock or whatever that he feels and thinks it's something more uh, to it and whatnot. And obviously, we know contract situation. We could probably only extend him one more year. Vlaovic's is the one we all have eyes on because that salary jump that it's about to take. That's why I said, great goal today. We need him to come up clutch and everything, but it's something we have to look at. In terms of Chiesa, Joe, how do you feel about that? I know how I feel. I'm I'm just like, what what exactly is the situation? Uh, I, I don't think that there's necessarily a terrible situation going on. I think what we're dealing with is just Chiesa unfortunately running into some some injury issues i mean the guy tore his acl you know it's like that's a serious thing and you're going to have a lot of far-reaching problems from that you know it's like uh i don't see yildiz as a carbon copy of chiesa whatsoever um it's 
they're two different players and they play in two different positions. It's, I don't, I just don't, I get the idea of, yeah, he's running into fitness issues and not firing on all cylinders and it doesn't exactly justify having him on the team long-term. I certainly understand that. But something about it just doesn't doesn't sit right with me, and I can't quite articulate why. Maybe it's because I really like Keza, and you like we all know what he is capable of doing. Man, I will say this. It, it, that's That's tough. I don't think Juve is in a position right now. Like, I understand there's concerns, and every time this kid picks up a not, and we shouldn't even really call him a kid anymore at, what, 25, 26? Yeah, 25. Um, so really can't call him a kid anymore. But every time, I could call him a kid because I'm old as hell. Uh, it takes, every time he takes a knock, okay, it's like this harden your mouth type moment, right, where you're like, oh, my God, right? And when you are getting clean reports through injuries, when you're missing games, yeah, that could be a little bit frustrating. But for me, the bigger thing looking at this Juventus is that we need as much world-class and top talent as we can get. We really need to boost that. So I'd be looking at the scenario that sees both of these guys remain and not say that, okay, Yildiz is the next guy. Let's get on with this guy. I think Chiesa still has to hang around with this team. Um, You know, we don't have a lot of world-class talent. I think Chiesa is there. I would consider him a world-class talent. Um, I think he's proved it at the Euros on that stage. That level was huge for Italy look at situations mm-hmm. that have these guys here Vlaovic is a bigger issue agreed yeah just in terms of salary and opportunities you know uh you can obviously you can say that Chiesa has missed a couple of big chances but I feel like Vlaovic has had more more opportunities and has not capitalized as much as we would expect yeah. so is it but is it like contractually contractually, contractually yes definitely. it's a it's a more pressing situation than yes. federico chiesa chiesa uh, we can get another year on the extension at pretty much the same wage mm-hmm that's a low wage for his player, and especially looking at our players and what they're making on the roster. Like, for me, there's n- it's not really a pressing issue for Federico Chiesa. And I don't think that there's any rush to accept his price tag right now in the transfer mercado or whatever. I just don't yeah. see it. I, I'm I just not it. there. And it is a hot take. There are a couple that agree. I don't. appreciate the hot takes. Appreciate the hot takes, but don't don't quite see it. Excuse me. <laughs> Let's take a look here. Oh. 
Better for Vlaovic. Not. Excuse me. Uh, be a starter. Much better when he comes in, second half. He will relieve him of responsibility and pressure. Hmm. It's an idea. I mean, we certainly saw that today. Um, you can, sure, you can make the argument that it was against Brozinone and they're a little bit more open at the back and all that stuff, whatever. Um, it's not a terrible idea, in my opinion. Um, have him come in as the super sub. That's kind of what I always thought Milik was for us, especially last season. Like, I saw the same. Like I, I feel the same way about him. But Vlaovic, relieving that pressure of starting, using him off the bench mainly... I don't know. It's it's interesting. Vlaovic spoke on this post-match and said being on the bench uh, reassured him because despite three good games, he's been criticized. Uh, in the half an hour, he gave us a big hand. He needs to grow. This is what Allegri said about Vlaovic um, starting uh, off the bench there. In terms of uh, Vlaovic himself, I believe uh, he had uh, a few words and just speaking that Essentially just saying he'll always be uh, ready. He said, Bench, coach made a technical decision. I'm a professional, and I always make myself available to the team. I think I did well, but I could have made more of my first chance coming on. This is something I will work on in training. I mean, we could talk about trying to do a lot of things to kind of relieve him of responsibility and pressure and whatnot, but does it ever really actually leave when you're playing at Juventus? No, I don't think so. So, you know, to start him, to start off the bench, I think either decision that Max makes, he's just got to do what he did today, and that's make the most of the opportunities that do come and find ways to be effective because not all games are the same. You have to factor mm -hmm. in the opponents that you're going up against. You'll get a much different game than a team that's not frozen on it. And then you have to find your way to be effective and you have to make the most of the opportunities. That first opportunity he had that fell to him, he did very well in trapping that ball, getting everything to the shot. The shot was right at Turati, but uh, he did very, very well in that sequence. He just has to do what, he's, what he did in this 30 minutes all the time, and that's be effective. Be effective. Yep. Stop worrying about the non-calls. Stop throwing your heart. Stop. Focus. Agreed. Work. Get your head right. We need this guy to click from here on out. So for me, it doesn't matter if it's bench or starter. I'm fine with it, and he needs to be ready for it. So that's the only way I can really answer <clears throat> that question. But would I look to make him solely coming off the bench? No, I don't think so. No. No. <clears throat> Mark, is Moise Keane a better rapper or striker? 19F for life. Oh, man. I mean, subpar at both. <laughs> more more song lyrics than goals this season. So <clears throat> You know what? I'll never knock somebody, obviously. I mean, look at this. I run a fan channel. This is not my... Uh, this is not my main profession, okay? I'll never knock somebody for following a passion project, doing anything like that. Um, it's funny, though. 
you know, I appreciate the jokes and everything like that. Moise Keen, ah, man, I think there's there's so much there with him in terms of ability, physical strength and everything. But like, my God, some of the opportunities he's missed this year, I'm left, left wondering like how the hell did he not find the back of the net there? You know, he's got to get it going. He's got to get it going. Now, today, our starting lineup only had two Italian players. I think this is a first, is it? I actually think we had, was it Pirlo season or was it? No, it wasn't Pirlo season. Was it last year or the year before we had one, I think? Yeah. I think it was last year we had one Italian. We had one Italian. I'm trying to remember exactly exactly what what i'm pretty sure we had a lineup that had one in there yeah hmm. mm. i don't think it's the first we'll time to it's i, I don't yeah, i'm gonna I, say I, no I, it's, it's not the first not time first. props to anybody who can find that though props to anybody who can find that guys get the likes up let's go we're gonna take on a couple more storm the barn questions and then we're going to be off for the holidays. I'll still bring you a news update. I'll bring you some, uh, you know, some uh, shorts, YouTube shorts and stuff based on some other score lines. Yeah, I might uh, poke and prod at some of the rival fans again. I love it. You guys know I love the banter. I will say this. For any of you that are looking for Serie A-based coverage outside of Juventus and maybe, you know, you appreciate uh, my uh, analysis and everything like that, the Calcio Review is another one of my projects where we focus on Serie A and I invite guests, uh, supporters from all other clubs and we just chat. We recap the weekend's action and then we preview the week to come and we talk about all the storylines around Serie A. I would appreciate the support there if you are looking for Serie A coverage, all right? Now, Tony Trim says, starting lineup prediction for the Roma match. This is very difficult considering what's Locatelli's status, what's Chiesa's status, mm-hmm. Cambiasso is out. I will probably give you my my guess. My guess is going to be that uh, Chesney is in goal. I think you'll see Gatti, Bremer, Danilo. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think across the middle, you will see Weah start on the right side. I think you will get McKenney If Locatelli's fit, you will see Locatelli. If he isn't, you'll get Hans Nicolucci Caviglia. You'll get Rabio. And I still believe you will see Kostic on that left yep. side to start the game against Roma. Up top, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think you might get Milik and Vlaovic to start against. That would be my guess. That would would be my guess. That's my guess. That's not what I would do. That's my guess. Okay. Think so? You think I'm kind of onto it there, Joe, or? I think you're spot friggin' on. (laughs) If Chiesa. That's how I do a T. If Chiesa plays, though, Chiesa and Vlaovic start that game. Yes. Yep. If he's fully fit. Yeah, Kays yeah. involved, which start up top. Yeah, 
There you go. Mark, holiday start after Inter Leche. Let's go, man. That would be a nice Christmas gift. Full Leche uh, <laughs> finds a way. Not banking on it. Not banking on it. Now, last one. <clears throat> Is it fair, excuse me, to generalize players from a particular country under one umbrella? If so, should we be concerned about signing another Serbian player? Look at their national team. Always underachieving. Wow, that's actually a strong question. A really, yeah. really strong question. And you know what? You're not alone, Mark, because there are many, many that have said no more Serbs based on what we've gotten. And they actually linked uh, Samadzic to that and saying, do not bring this guy in on another serve. It's not working out well. Joe, what do you think about this? <clears throat> I don't like those kind. I don't. I honestly, I don't like those kinds of generalizations. Um, I, I don't think that the national team <coughs> bearing on like. Sorry, I don't. No, it's all good. I don't think that the national team has any real bearing on how a player is performing during a season. Um, so it's a. It's not not the benchmark that. I would be looking at um, it. But look, what is it about Serbians that <laughs> that people don't want them at, on their teams? That's it's like, <clears throat> why? What does that have to do with it? Um, it's like, oh, we, no more, no more Brazilians on a team. Like, what? What? What are you talking about? Why? So uh, that's that's my thought on it. It's like, yeah. I just feel like uh, if I'm going to take a player, it's based on his abilities and qualities, and I'm not really going to worry so much about where he's from. I don't look at generalizing players from countries under one umbrella. I mean, but you see it. It's not like what he's asking is so far-fetched because you hear it all the time about Brazilians. Oh, you're getting Brazilians? Short career span. You know, uh, constantly injured. Like there are, you know, themes sure. that go and are categorized to players of certain countries, you know, and it's something that we just see time and time again. So the fact that the question's being asked is totally, uh, you know, valid to, to have that way of thinking because it's something that happens. You know, sure. <clears throat> and uh, players of countries, yeah, they, they can be branded, so to speak. But as far as, uh, you know, Serbia and if we look nationally as their team and say always underachieving, I just take it as a team. I mean, Belgium had a golden age where this was right. their golden age. They won absolutely nothing. But would that make me not take Kevin De Bruyne? Yeah, like, exactly. I would take Kevin De Bruyne in a heartbeat over anybody in the midfield. So it's just one of those things. I don't lock in national side success or anything like that with players. And I definitely don't hold back if I want to bring a player in based on the country he's from. You know, But I don't right. think the question is so wild or far-fetched because players do get branded. Uh, you know, no, they're trends. Nash yeah. You know, but it, it, it can happen. It can happen. Um, 
we I, I always like these i love the fanta calcio style well now we'll finish with this if you could make three realistic signings in the summer who would it be for you joe i don't mind starting us off too if you want um <clears throat> go for it al go for it al my my the the hamster wheel in my brain is spinning so i think it's hard to make three realistic ones because I feel like maybe only two are actually realistic. So it's hard to like say three realistic signings. Number one, I will say, I don't think we need three signings. You know, two would be excellent. But I think guys like Samardzic are realistic. I think that is a realistic option for the Winter Mercado. I think Kolpani could be a realistic option to be honest i think that bernardeski is a realistic option and outside of that i don't think any of the other ones are realistic like coop miners not realistic um <clears throat> Kone is an interesting one Kone could be but i still i still don't think so Berna is a realistic option. We're talking loan. And I know that nobody wants him, everything like that. I will say <clears throat> that uh, on six months on the second half of the season, it would not be the end of the world to get a guy who's been around winning teams and everything and at least help the guys out. And at least he could fill in all the roles. Obviously not thrive or excel at all the roles. But, but wouldn't be the be-all end-all wouldn't be the make or break but some arts that are realistic for me for mm -hmm. me everybody knows my one guy is some okay i would go at some that's just me i would love one of those guys Kolpani, i like i admire and everything but i really do feel when you watch and I've watched a lot since the links and everything like Samardzic. He he's a lot, a lot further ahead than definitely our guys at the comparable ages. And I think he's further ahead of Kopani as well. But Kopani is a good player. Um, if we get one of those two, I'm happy. I would really, really want Samardzic. Joe. I agree with Samardzic. Um Sudikov is another name that we've been linked to a lot lately. Uh, I think that he's a realistic target as well, but whether or not you think that he's the right guy, understandable, but he's another center attacking mid who could probably help us a lot. Um, oh, that's my bad. He wanted to know summer, he, not winter. Summer. Oh, yeah. I mean, either, either case, <clears throat> I don't think is going, I don't know if Samar is just going to come in the winter. Uh, but we need a midfielder. Ooh. We definitely need a midfielder in the winter. Maybe it is I, him. I, I, I don't know. I will say this. For the summer, it's it's tough to tell right now because we need to know where we're going to stand financially. Yeah. Um, we really need to know where that's going to be. Um, there's a lot of things that uh, fall in line with that. Uh, the new sponsor on the kits, a potential sale for minority shareholder whatnot. It, revenue we're going to get back from Champions League and everything. There'll be a boost. Um, Super League. Who knows? 
Yeah, yeah Super, Super League's not League. happening, not happening, Who not knows, that quick, baby. not that quick. You never know. You, you never do know. never know, but not that quick. It's uh, it's going to be an ongoing war. But in the summer, I don't think Kefren Taram is legit. Um, I think we're going to get priced out there, even with uh, yeah. resource help and everything. Um, Zelensky, I think, him. is potential. Zelensky, I could see maybe being potential. I don't think he would join Juventus because Probably of his not. time there. So I kind of think he's not going to be there. Coop Miners, potentially, but Atalanta, I don't see Juntoli dealing with Atalanta, to be honest. Yeah, and I, we know what Omer says about Atalanta players. <clears throat> yeah, they're Take all on out, the juice. Yeah. yeah, and Sudakov, I think, is realistic. I would like Sudakov. I still think Samarjic, so Samarjic, Sudakov... Um, we need fullbacks. I just don't know who we've been linked to. I think you need one. And, uh, oh man, I was always pushing for Grimaldo and wanted Juve to really get after Grimaldo. Man, is he ever doing something? Is that team ever doing something? Mm -hmm. But it's too early to say who's really realistic. But, uh, I like guys like that, uh, to be honest. Uh, Sudikov, we would have to adopt, uh, he can play as a Mitsala and advance from a Mitsala role. He's ideal if you're playing a 10. If you're playing a 10, like Sudikov's ideal. But again, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. You guys, we're going to wrap things up there. Hell of a day. Hell of a morning for me. 3.30 a.m. watch along. Okay, sorry again. Kicked off a little bit late. You guys are fantastic as always. Joe, absolute pleasure rocking the show with you. We got Roma. On deck, we found a way through this one again. I know we want to kill these games off. We want to do so much better, but uh, let's just uh, see. We're continuing to build. Max pulled some strings with the lineup that I think he deserves credit for. Um, he didn't waste any time when we fell back to level terms and got Kostic out of there. You know, I question the yield is move or whatnot, but Vlaovic ended up putting in a shift. Okay, so. <clears throat> props to Max made the switch Vlaovic repaid him we got question marks around what we could do more in the lineup maybe we'll see it and maybe you know remember last season when we needed some injuries to show these other guys the opportunities and what they can do remember what Fajoli did after that opportunity maybe now we can get that opportunity in an unfortunate situation for a couple other players but maybe now Yildiz gets some more opportunities. Maybe Cavilia gets some more opportunities. Let's see what happens. But Roma, I'm not worried about Roma, you guys. Um, I think we finished there uh, strong as well. One point behind. We'll see what happens uh, with the rest of the rounds. I think we all expect the same thing. But maybe Lecce says Merry Christmas to the Juventini. And one of these to enter. We'll see. I would hope. Uh, football gods willing. Hopefully we see it. But you guys, have a very, very Merry Christmas, okay? Enjoy a very safe and happy holiday season. Much love to you and all of yours. And again, I will remind everybody out there, if there are any of you that are struggling or having a hard time through this season, which it can for some, our DMs are always open and we can at least offer you a set of ears. If you don't want to talk to us, talk to somebody. It helps, all mm -hmm. right? Take care, Amen. everybody. We absolutely love you. 
Um, as always, fino alla fine, Forza Juventus, okay? Like, share, subscribe. Take care, everybody. Ciao. Yeah.